0: Good morning. We are so glad that you could worship with us today and Happy New Year to you and your family. And I hope you've had a great week this past week. And and uh, here we are in a new year, 2021. And uh, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us and watching the service with us here online. Today we're online only. and uh, But next Sunday, we'll be back in person here at Lake Point and I can't wait to be back with you and to be back here in our presence and, uh, and, to, and to be with all of us. Next Sunday we're going to uh, have communion. And so if you're coming, uh, we'll have everything here ready for you, everything with precautionary steps and uh, uh, in a safe way and uh, to have communion together here at Lake Point. If you're planning to stay home next Sunday. I invite you to be prepared to participate communion next Sunday. Have some uh, grape juice or some juice and crackers and you can participate from wherever you're at um, next Sunday. But uh, next Sunday morning we'll be back. All three services, 9 o'clock 1030 and noon next Sunday morning. And if you haven't had a chance to do so, you can um, uh, sign up Reserve your worship time, uh, worship service time you can find that in your handout notes, uh, the program uh, program note that you should have seen in your, um, you know, in your email. And so uh, anyway, look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Today, I want to talk about a message, the standalone message, a new heart for the new year. A new heart for the new year. I want to look at our key verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. The Bible says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, the Bible says that we're being renewed day by day. And we're going to talk about the word Renew. What does that mean to be renewed? You know, after a busy season you know, of Christmas and, and, and shopping, wrapping presents, cooking, parties, getting together with families and friends, eating, and all that good stuff, uh, I think it's time to talk about what it means after a busy season to be renewed. Um, and if we're not careful, we'll wear ourselves out. Well, wear ourselves out. I notice uh, in life, things wears out. Things wears out all the time. Maybe uh, your lawnmower is wearing out. Uh, maybe some of the clothes that you're wearing. Uh, you know, you've noticed recently it's starting to wear out, and it's time for some new clothes. You know, if you're a guy, you know, you got that comfortable pair of blue jeans, and you like it so much, and you wear it all the time. And finally, after so many times of wearing it, you notice that it to, uh, it's starting to wear out a little bit. And holes start to show up in places, and holes in the, in the back of your pants. You're probably wondering, man, can I still wear this to church? And I said, no, you probably shouldn't if you got holes in your pants, especially in the back of your pants. You know, just because they're comfortable. You know, but if they're wore out, they're done for. You need to throw them away. It's time for yourself. To break into a new pair of pants, you know, or ladies, you know, maybe that favorite shoe that you have, pair of shoes that you wear, it matches almost ninety percent of your outfits, and you wear it all the time. It's your go-to pair of shoes, and you notice that all of a sudden that your pair of shoes are starting to starting to wear out, and so what do you do, you get the uh, you find a marker that matches the color of that shoe. you start to kind of hide the stuff marks you know, some of the wares on it, just to try to get another month or two out of your favorite pair of shoes. Or or maybe you've had uh, a rundown bomb of a car. You know, maybe you had one when you were growing up. Uh, I remember when I was uh, in high school, uh, going to college, I I needed a car. The car I had um, had, uh, broke. You know, it, it, the engine blew up, and it was done for, and it wasn't worth putting the money to replace the engine. And so we needed a car, and they needed one fast. And we was talking to someone uh, that I attended church with, and he said, Scott, I've got a car you could have. And he said, yeah? He said, yeah, why don't I bring that car up tonight to the church parking lot and let you and your dad take a look at it, and I'll sell this car for $300. And sure enough, he pulled up this car on that night, this Dodge Aspen, I've got a picture of it. You can see this picture. It's not the exact car. This is not the car I had, but it looked exactly like this, that ugly brown car. And we saw that night, you know, we're kind of looking over my dad and I, and, and the owner said, man, it's a good car. It drives well. It never let me down. You know, and, and so we said, well, you know, maybe we should give it a test drive. We got in the car, drove around the parking lot on the road, and it, it drove great, and uh, we said, okay. We couldn't really see the car because that night, you know, looking at it, it, it didn't look pretty. It's got some rough spot, but for $300, bucks, we are like, you know, it's a car. It drives, it takes you to places, you know, from point A to point B. And, uh, and so sure enough, we paid. Or, you know, we paid, we bought the car that night, and, and that was a mistake. Never buy a car that you can't really see, especially at night. And the next day, uh, I decided to give it a nice cleaning. And I pulled out the, 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 the driver mat, the floorboard mat, out of the driver's seat, and when I took it out, I noticed the holes in the rust spot even through the bottom of the car, and I could see the road you know, from the inside of my car. And I was like, man, this car is about to bottom out, literally. Like, my feet are about to go through the floorboard and actually do a little bit of Fred Flintstone kind of a deal, you know, running with this car. This was a bad, bad deal. And so I was like, okay, I just got to make this car work for a few months, you know. I put the floor mat back on and tried to cover it up, <laughs> you know. And, and a few days later, I couldn't get the car to start. And I called my dad, and dad comes over and says, Scott, I don't know what to tell you, but this this car, this car was a bomb before we bought it, and we wasted $300. It's not worth putting another dime back into that car. And so we called a junker. Junker came in, and I think we got like $25 for that piece of junk. And uh, that was the car that, it was uh, not one of my, Uh, shining moments of owning vehicles. And uh, so many of us, we have driven cars like that, you know, until we drove them, we have drove them into the ground and they've got nothing left. And the sad reality is this, is is that so many of us, that's how we treat our spiritual life. We run it to the ground. We don't renew we don't refresh, we just go hard and fast, pedal to the, you know, pedal to the metal, we're just, you know, careless with it. And over time we become exhausted, overwhelmed, and we become spiritually inconsistent with our life. We have driven our spiritual life into the ground and we need renewal. I think every year, when it comes to the New Year Day, it's a time for us to look back and look back in the the previous year and and see some things that we need to change. And and oftentimes, our our ideas of change and what we want to do, they have, you know, we mean well with it. We want to go far with it. But by the second or third week, of the new year, we forget all about it. And, uh, and so what I want to talk about is a, a, a renewal, not for just the next couple of weeks. But I want to talk about spiritual renewal that needs to happen all year long, all year long. Not a resolution that we're talking about here. We're talking about something that's deep to the heart of God, that speaks to the heart of God, that he wants to do in our life. And in your life as well. The word renew, if you're taking notes, it means to make like new. To make like new. To give new strength. To refresh. And what's interesting is that we see renewal happening all over us, all around us. Our body, it sleeps at night, doesn't it? We wake up and our body feels refreshed from a good night's sleep. Well, we see renewal every day as day turns into night. We see renewal in in the seasons that we live in, where the summer turns into fall, fall turns into winter, winter into spring. There's renewal in nature. We see this in the life of Christ oftentimes he will withdraw himself from the crowd and, and go away to a solitary place to be renewed, to be refreshed. Uh, God, the almighty creator of the universe, even he, on the seventh day of creation, he rested. And so renewal is all around us. Oftentimes, like I said, sometimes we don't see it in our lives. Renewal is not something that can be manufactured on its own. Look what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. He said, and have put on, we're going to talk about that word in a minute, put on. He said, having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of his creator. To put on, if you're taking notes, it means to sink into clothing. To sink into clothing. It means to clothe oneself. That's a beautiful picture of what renewal is all about. And that's the goal of life. In the first, in Colossians chapter 3, the goal of life is to become more like Christ, that we will put on the new nature. That we will be renewed, that we would be more like Him. That's why we're re- being renewal. That's why renewal is important. It's not for our own self benefit, but it's for the glory of God, so that we can be made to be made more in the likeness of His Son, Jesus. I want to thank our civil servant that we have here in our in our in our church. We've got paramedics, nurses, doctors police officers, firefighters, and when they put on their uniform, when they put on their their, their uniform and go to work, it, it brings a sense of confidence to their job, a sense of, of security, uh, inner strength from what they're wearing. And that's what happens when we step into who we are in Christ. When we put on the Lord Jesus Christ into our life. When we put him on, there's confidence. There's, there's a, a faith. Our faith grows. There's a, the boldness that comes as we renew ourselves, when we put ourselves, when we put on Christ in our lives. Spiritual renewal, a constant, constant deal. we we'll go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. On um, verse 16, it says, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Not year by year, not every January 1st. This is something that we do every day. Every day of our lives, we are constantly re- being renewed in Christ. We're constantly, every day, put it on, being clothed with Christ. Now this is an important principle. Take a note. Got to understand this. Biblical renewal can only happen when we stay connected to the life source. To the life source. Notice that the letter, that the word source is capital, letter S. Talking about connected to Jesus we got to constantly be connected to him. Just like our, our, our digital phones, you know, our phones, our tablets, everything we have. If you own something, you know, in, a, in our digital world, um, it has to be constantly connected to a charger, you know, once a day, you know, maybe every other day. But you have to constantly charge it, you know, so that it can have life, so that it could work. And just like our digital gadget have to be connected, you know, to a charger, we have to be connected every day, constantly connected to the life source, Jesus Christ. John chapter 15, verse number 5, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, I am divine. In other words, he's talking about the branch. He said, I am the branch, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear bear much fruit. Apart from me, though, you can do nothing. We are to constantly connect ourselves to God, to Jesus, to the life source. But what often happens is that we get distracted and we fail to renew ourselves on a regular daily basis. We lose sight of the life source. Now, here's what I want to do with the rest of our time today. I want to talk about what happens. What does, what does God do when we put on Christ? When we put on, when we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, what happens? There's two things if you're taking note. Number one, God will renew your spirit. God, he will renew your spirit. Some of us here, and I'm not thinking about me and you know, as well, all right? I'm in the same boat. But oftentimes, we can become inconsistent, spiritually speaking. Inconsistent with our spiritual walk. King David, he's one of the most written about great men of God. You know, the guy who was um, a man after God's own heart. And this guy right here, he suffered from spiritual inconsistencies. There was a phase in his life where he was struggling to be consistent with God and his walk with God. And when he realized his inconsistencies, when he realized of his failings, He cries out in Psalm 51, these words. He said, create in me, O God, a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The word steadfast, it means to be firm, to be stable, to be grounded. And when you step into Christ, when you put on Christ in your life, He'll make your faith firm. He'll, he'll, he'll make your walk stable. And he'll make your faith, your beliefs, grounded. David cried out this prayer. God created me a clean heart, a pure heart. He, did, he said all this when he had committed adultery, committed murder. I mean, here he is, a man. A man with a heart after God. What happened? How how could he have been so inconsistent spiritually? And he cries out, God, will you help me? God, will you change me? God, create in me a clean heart. And it was interesting that God, He did a renewal. He did a renewal in David's life in the middle of his brokenness. He didn't wait for David to fix up his mess and then renewed him. God came in the middle of his mess. When David got to a place in the middle of his mess, when he looked up and said, God created me a pure heart. And maybe some of you today, you're watching, you're going through some pain, you're going through some brokenness. All you see is hurt, all you see is suffering, maybe even some hopelessness. But what you don't see is what God did in David, that God, he could do that for you too. He could come in the middle of your brokenness, in the middle of your mess, but uh, he can renew you right where you're at. God wants to take your brokenness. He wants to make something new and something beautiful out of it. God did it with David. Uh, he can do it with you. Here's why in Psalm 57, just six Psalms later, notice what David does. He cries out in verse 7, Psalm 57, verse 7. He said, My heart, O God, is steadfast, firm, stable, grounded. He said, my heart is steadfast. I will sing. I make music. You see, David, in the middle of his mess, was restored. God restored his spirit, and his walk became steadfast once again. His walk with God, his spiritual walk, where to should be. He would begin to sing and make music in his soul. God can renew a steadfast spirit in you, grounded, firm, and stable. Renewal always starts internally. If you're taking notes, it always starts internally. You know... Um, if you ever been involved in a renovation project, I'm, I'm sure if you own a house, you've done some things to your house, to, you know, to, to upgrade it, to update some stuff, and if you've ever done a renovation, uh, it's a mess, right? And, and it always costs you more, and always takes longer than you, you know, before you walk into it. It always costs you more money. And, uh, but at the end, it's awesome. You love what you did. And what's important about renovation is the very first step of renovation is that you've got to remove all the old stuff out of the house. Got to remove the carpet. Got to remove the tile. Got to remove the, the old cabinet that you want to replace. You've got to take out. And when it comes to renewal, that, that's what you're asking God to do from the inside out, internally. Say, God created me a clean heart. It's Drip away the things that don't matter. Take out of my heart the things that holds me back. Change my heart, God. I want to be like you. God, give me patience. God, give me love. God, give me grace. God, change me from the inside out. And that's where renewal begins, in that broken state. where We call on God. I said, God, help me to be more like you. Eliminate the things that's holding me back so I can run freely the race that you want me to run. And so when you put on Christ, when you're clothed with Christ, he will renew your spirit. And you begin to see your spiritual walk become more consistent when you're putting on Christ Every day. But here's the second thing that happens. It's that God will renew your strength. He will renew your strength. Now, how many times you go on vacation? And when you get back, you're like, man, I need a vacation for my vacation. You know, you're you're You're, you're tired from your vacation. And uh, maybe, that's t- maybe that's how some of you feel the past week. You know, and the thought of going back to work tomorrow, oh, man, it's it's a painful thought. uh, But how do we renew our strength? How do we renew our strength? Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says this, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The word hope, if you're taking notes, it means to wait, to wait. It means to linger. It it means to look for. So for those who hope in the Lord, or for those who wait on the Lord, But for those who look for the Lord will renew their strength. I don't know how worn out you're feeling today. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know where you're at. But my friend, God wants to renew you. He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to give you new strength. You can run, the Bible says, and not grow weary. You can walk and not faint. You can wait upon the Lord and be stronger. And when you're connected to that life source, it's all about getting connected to him. He will renew you, not just physical strength, but he'll renew your spiritual strength, and you can rise above the winds of resistance that comes your way, the winds of resistance. That's what it means to be an eagle, to be able to fly over the over the winds, over the bad stuff that comes in our life. We can rise above it with the strength of God, with the help of God, when we're connected to the life source, which is Jesus Christ. Now in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel had been under slavery for 400 years, 400 years of slavery, and, uh, and, they, and they, God delivered them from Pharaoh, and and uh, they wandered through the wilderness. and, and and every day, God wanted to teach the Israelites to depend on him, to be dependent on God. And one of the ways that he did that was, was by sending food from the skies, sending food from the heavens, and they were called manna. And they were like bread-like substance. And there were enough food every day for six, six days out of seven. You know? And I'll explain why they didn't do it in the seventh day in just a minute. But they were only allowed to gather enough manna for the family for that one day. If there was anything left over for the next day, the manna that they had received, that they collected overnight would turn into maggots. It would be nasty. Disgusting. Uh, and so they you know, the principle was, hey, depend on me. Depend on God every day for what you need for that day and day alone. Now, the Sabbath day. Uh, the, on the sixth day, right before the Sabbath, they were required to, to, to collect manna, uh, a double portion of manna for the sixth day and for the seventh day, because on the seventh day, God had commanded the Israelite to, to take a day off. Do you know that that principle still works for us, that God has given us a day off? Isn't that cool? He's given us a day off, and we find that the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, where he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then, you know, don't work on the, on the, on the seventh day. Take, take the day off. And so they would do an extra portion of collection of manna so that they didn't have to work on the seventh day. And so God wanted to teach his people that we need to renew by waiting on him, not to get ahead of God, but to wait on him daily, one day at a time. And if you're like me, I like to get ahead of God sometimes. I like to get ahead of him and what he wants to do instead of being patient and waiting on God to do what he wants me to do, not what I want to do. You know, when I think about uh, the the Sabbath and, and depending on God, I think about Chick-fil-A. You know, we got Chick-fil-A coming up here uh, in Michigan on Hall Road. Uh, I've been told that it will be open in about a month. Can you believe that? I think less than a month. And uh, and it's very popular down in the South. Um, We call it Christian Chicken. Christian Chicken is what we call it. And, uh, And it's because the owner, uh, Truett Cathy, the founder, he passed away a few years ago, but the founder, Truett Cathy, was a strong believer. And he had a strong belief that he could operate his business on six days and take the seventh, take the day off on Sunday. And so even today, you go to Chick-fil-A uh, on, a, on, on Sunday after church, you know, and looking for some Christian chicken, they're not open. They're not open on Sundays. And, and, and a lot of people were like, man, Truett Cathy, you've got to open seven days a week if you want your business to survive. You're not going to make it. You need to be open all the time. And Truett Cathy would not compromise. He said, no, I'm going to give my staff, I'm going to give everybody a break, a Sabbath, a rest, a day of rest, and allow them to go to church, and you know, worship God, and, and, and he would say this, that Truett Cathy would say that that was one of the best decisions he has ever made in his life. Best decision. In fact, God has blessed the Chip-fil-A Christian chicken. You know, he has blessed it so much. The, the, the profit margin is far exceeding more than any other fast food restaurant that are out there. Here's the point. When we operate under God's guidelines, when we live under his principles, what he brings to the table far outweighs what I bring to the table. If you're taking note, what God can do in one day outweighs what you and I can do in a lifetime. But many of us, we feel like we've got to carry the world on our shoulders. And God like, man, I, I did that for you. I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross for you. I I gave him, he rose again so that you could have new life found in him. You don't have to carry the world on your shoulders. But we do. But what God can do in one day outweighs what you and I can do in a lifetime. And the enemy knows this. The enemy, our spiritual enemy, you know, if he can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. I've said that before. If he can't make us bad, then he'll do whatever it takes to get us so busy, so distracted. You know, it, 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 it could be things that are good things. You know, the things that you volunteer for, ministry, or the charity that you love to be involved with. Uh, that's good things. Your, your work, good things. Even your family, good things. But when we take ourselves away from Christ, when it pulls us away from God, those good things become a problem. They become problems in our lives. But God is saying, Look, I want you to come back to me. Come back to me today. If you're so busy in your world, whatever that is, God is saying, Come back to me. Be connected to me. I'm the source. I want to bless you. I want to give you so much more than you can ever dream, what you can ever imagine. I want you to be connected to me. And some of you, my friend, you're running on empty. You're running on fumes. That's why we see in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I've used it first all the time. It's what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. You're burdened today? Are you tired? Jesus said, come to me, and I will give you rest. God is here. Uh, You are are watching this for a reason today. He wants you to cry out to God and say, God, I want to come to you. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of trying to carry the world on my shoulders. I want to give it to you. I want to be connected to you. And when you connect to him, he will renew your strength. You will soar like eagles. As we look back on 2020, now I pray that you and I, we can look forward to 2021 with anticipation. With anticipation, great anticipation to what God wants to do. We can look back, but I also want us to look forward. I believe that God has something special for each and every one of us. You're watching this. God has a plan for you. You got potential. He has. He has something. He's working behind the scenes on your behalf. This year, I was uh, my wife, uh, Karen, in the past week said, "Hey, Scott, here's a great verse." I don't know if it might fit your message or not. It's found in the Minor Prophet Book of Joel. Minor Prophet Book of Joel. Joel is a prophet of God in the the region of Judah, right about the same time of the prophet Elisha. Elisha and and Joel, about the same time frame. And Joel wrote... He wrote the letter. He wrote the book of Joel. And it was written, you know, he was a prophet to the people of Judah. Now Judah, they were spiritually inconsistent. Up and down. Up and down. Then they have a good king. and Everyone wants to do right. They have a little revival in the country. Everybody wants to worship God and worship, you know, him in the the temple. And, And then... They have a bad king. A bad king comes in and says, you know what? You know, God doesn't matter no more. You can worship all these other idols from all these other pagan countries that are around us. And it was just up and down. And God's wrath would be kind of poured out on the people of Judah in the kingdom of Judah, and you know, trying to get them to turn back. And Joel kind of talks about in chapter 1, punishment of God because the people of Judah had kind of turned their back on God I'm not going to read the whole chapter but just a couple verses here, Joel chapter 1 verse number 4 it describes the drought and and after the drought the locusts that came in look what he said in verse 4 what the locust swarm has left the great locusts have eaten and what the great locusts have left the young locusts have come and eaten. And what the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. I I think it's interesting that uh, Joel recognizes several species of locusts here. You know, and, and they're just coming one after another, after another, after another, after another. One different kind of locust after another kind of locust after another kind of locust coming through and just eating up the farmland, eating up everything that's in the land. You know, after they just went through a severe drought. Now, I can't you know, help myself to think about 2020. 2020 just seems to be one locust after another coming through. And for some of you here today, you should feel beat up. You feel, oh, man, 2020 was rough. You're crawling out of 2020. But then you see in the next chapter, God's mercy comes through. A call for repentance. A call for renewal. And look what it says here in verse number 13. Joel chapter 2, verse number 13. It says, rend your heart and not your garment. God God said, hey, I want your heart. I don't want you rending the garment. Back then, you know, if you were rending the garment, that was an outward display of of mourning. That was an outward display of, hey, I I want to repent. And God said, you know what? I don't care about the outward outside stuff. I want your heart. I want your heart. I want your heart broken. Because that's where I'm going to meet you, remember? I'm going to meet you in the middle of your brokenness. And that's what God does to you. He says, render your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Get plugged back in to the life source. For he is gracious and Compassionate. Slow to anger, and abundant in love, and he relents from sending calamities. So, man, when you when you're connected to the life source, all these things that he wants to do in your life. And notice what happens when we ask God to change our heart. Look at Joel chapter two, verse number twenty-five. I will repay you for the years. The locusts have eaten. God will repay. In other words, God's blessing on our lives is contingent to the fact when we connect to him and stay connected to him. I don't know what 2021 can look like. I don't know what's going to happen in our world, in our economy, in our job forces. I don't know. I have no idea. I do know this. I know that I can stay connected to him. And no matter what comes my way, he will renew my spirit. He will renew my strength. I will soar like eagles. I will rise above the winds of resistance. And I know that my God, he will take care of me. He will take care of you if you stay faithful to him. In a few minutes, We're going to sing, we're going to close out this worship time, this service, with one of my favorite songs, Graves to Gardens. Because that's what God does. He He can turn ashes into beauty. That's what God does. He is a great restorer, and he will renew you. He will renew us when we're connected to him. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this, for this message. I pray that you will bless us in our lives in 2021. God, help us to trust you, to stay faithful to you, to stay plug in to the life source, to, keep, be, to, to put on, to be clothed with your son Jesus so that we can become more like you. That's the goal, to be more like you. Though we, on the outside of us, we might be wearing out. But God, I pray that our heart stays faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.